Urologists are stunned. Have you ever seen this ad? I have not. This that that uh, <laughs> urologist ring. ad in front of a oh neurologist. Oh, oh neurologist. I thought, I thought I heard urologist. I said urologist, but I meant neurologist. No, I thought I heard that guy oh, say urologist. Yeah. I thought, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's an annoying ad that says the lead into a Madonna song is about a urologist. Yeah. It starts out and it says neurologists are stunned. Ear ringing is causing your brain to deteriorate or I don't know. Thank God urologists aren't stunned about my brain. Well, they may be stunned about my brain. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Hartley. Audience, I don't know, I've never said audience before. That's it. Got to start the whole thing over. It's always listener. It's always listener. Listener, that's Kevin. Audience is definitely plural. Yes, that would be plural. I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can fit into that. Oh, we're plural. <laughs> well, I don't think I want to touch that saying we're All right. plural. Fair enough. Although I will admit. I'm identifying as plural today. Yes, you are. Oh, now that we've touched on something there, my friend, that may uh, may get us in trouble. No, how how could it? How could that get us in trouble? Anything could get you in trouble. That, these days. Well, yeah, that's that could be that could be very true. It's a twentieth episode. Does it feel like there should be something we should do special for a twentieth? Oh, we should have had a cake or fireworks well, well, or something. I, I just meant I just meant for the listener. We can't really just maybe, maybe we should do something at twenty five. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe. It's just another episode. But we introduced these segments a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, and we've been able to follow through on all three. You know, the three segments. Did you we've get had comments? the trivia game. We've got comments, and then we've got a random fact. So here's a comment. We've got a new, a new listener. So I'm sure someone dropped out because we don't go above six. So <laughs> someone is no longer limit. someone is no longer listening to us. But we have a new listener named Jeremy. Jeremy reached out to me, and Jeremy said, um, "We." Uh, I'll just read it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I want you to act it out. Yeah. I decided to I decided to start listening to your podcast, even though I'm not really a faith person. And I have to tell you, I absolutely love it. You guys have great chemistry, and it was just great. I listened to all, I've listened to all of them. Oh. Also, I just like to let you know, FedEx. We only honk when we're backing up. Perfect. Now we know. Now we know. Now we know about FedEx. Mystery. Solved. UPS. I think honks all the way. All the way, all day long. Oh, mercy. But FedEx only when they back up. All right. All right. And we still don't really know completely about Prime, do we? We don't know about Prime. Got to find but, an inside source. But the thing with Prime, I think Prime just hires whoever to do, do a lot of their little, deliveries. Yeah, they do a lot of contracts. So you could have someone who just thinks they should honk. And yeah. speaking of honking, do you remember when we were growing up and traveling on the highway, what you would do when you passed? Maybe not everyone did this. My family and every friend that I had when I traveled with their family, as they went around to pass a car on the highway, they would honk. I do not remember. You do that. not remember that? And Maybe I ne- that was I unique never, to me. So just a little like, beep. Yeah. To let them know, hey, you pulled I'm, out I'm in your blind spot. To come around to pass. Yeah. As you're in the blind spot, oh. you just beep. I'll be darned. But it was the 70s. And so it made sense because no air conditioning. And no seatbelts. And no seatbelts. So everyone's windows were right. down. And because there were no seatbelts, maybe the honk was say, Hey, if you're a kid in the car, don't jump out the window now because you'll get run over. Oh, no. And they were cars are made of metal and they were yeah. heavy. 
Anyway, we honked as we came around. And now well, you're I'm not, glad to know about the it, comment. That's cool. You, what do you want to talk about today? I, I have minimal frustration about school pickup and drop-off lines. I, I feel like we owe the listener an F-bomb for this episode. Well, I think I've we slided. Loaded. I think we slided, a, we slided that last, last episode. We might so. have. Uh, listener, Kevin, knee surgery replacement. Total knee replacement. Total knee replacement. On April 7th, I saw my surgeon on May 11th. And I uh, said, hey, that's what I've been doing. I'm kind of hoping to get some clarity from you. And he looked at everything said, you're a fast healer. You can go ahead and resume all your normal activities. Just pay attention to how your body reacts. What you're looking for is pain and swelling. And I said, great. So I played golf the next day. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. You've done really good. Before I came here, we were at a seminar that we hosted on fiduciary responsibility and saw some people that I hadn't seen since my surgery. And they're like, hey, you look like you're walking fine, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. And my boss needs knee replacement surgery. He was in the NBA for 11 years. That's John Sumble. He said, I'm going to use you as a guinea pig. I'm going to see how you recover and then I'll make decisions on when yeah. I'm going to have mine done. And he was very positive, like, oh, you look fine. You're not limping, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'm really encouraged, pretty optimistic. June 12th, 1994. You remember what happened? Do you, does that date stand out in your mind? No. OJ Simpson. Oh, this is the Bronco chase? Yes. Oh, shoot. Bronco chase. Wow. It's me, AC. Listener, if, if you would like, you could try this at home too, and then you'll have the reveal just as Kevin does. Just write the year 1994. By itself. In a separate, here. yeah, by itself. Look at that as a math problem. And in the ones column, write a six for June, and then a one under the six, and a two. So you've got the date of the Bronco chase, 6, yep. 12, 94. Add that up. You've literally got an addition problem there. 1994. Yeah, it's 2003. Just so, 20 years ago. Is that it? Is that no, it? no, no. So did that's, I, no. So that's, tw- that's 2003. Okay. All right. Now just make one ones column, six, one, two, one, nine, nine, four, and add that. 32. Okay. What was OJ's number? Jersey number. I assume it must be 32. It was 32. This. What was his single season rushing record? 2003 yards. That's right. 2003 yards. Mm-hmm. In 14 games? The tops for a 14 game season. Yep. So, listener, you have that in the math problem. It's pretty fascinating to me that you can put the date in those two different ways and you come up with his jersey number and his single season record. And interestingly enough, his jersey number was 32 and you have 2003, which has a three and a two. So that's very curious. Now, what I want to know is... Any of these add up to how many days he spent in jail? No, I I I don't think so. I haven't. I should try to come up with some kind of Dude, math problem that with to work. that. Okay, so listener, I'm going to paint you this picture, see if you've experienced it. We booked our recording session today, 2.30 in the afternoon. The school that is within half a mile of our headquarters here gets out at, I assume, like 2.40. And I had forgotten as I drove over here that this phenomenon has happened since i was in school where parents line the streets picking up their kid i actually had to drive by a middle school by my house first and that's when i remember when i came over the crest of the hill and cars were lined up on both sides of the street this is only a two-lane road by the way and i still don't know how this is even legal that they do at john warner middle school it drives me crazy like i'm sure how is this possible i'm sure it's not legal so then i remembered oh crap 
So, yeah. so the rant is, what, when did all this happen? Why do parents now feel the need to drop off and pick up their children from school when there is bus service provided? Yeah. We, we talked about this briefly off cast, and when we, were in, when we were in school, that did not happen. You rode the bus or you walked. Mom and dad or mom or dad did not pick you up or drop you off unless yeah. there was some reason why they had to. And you family emergency, medical appointments, whatever. Exactly. And I'm younger than you. I almost said a little. I almost said significantly younger. <laughs> you could say that. And then want. you said a little. So <laughs> so we're within a decade of each other, but you you're at the top of the decade and I'm at the bottom. So I, I know in the ten years after you, it wasn't it wasn't a thing then. In all of the schools I attended, if you lived so far away from school, you had to ride the bus. You didn't ride the bus, you walked, and everybody walked. Do you know the story of my father protesting for Columbia Public Schools when we were in junior high? There was some budget restrictions of some sort, and they came out with a new criteria by which you were eligible to ride the bus for free. So here's where it gets weird. I don't know how they came up with this particular demarcation, but it was three point. I have 3.2 stuck in my head for some reason. If you lived closer than that, you could still catch the bus, but you had to pay for it for each student rider. We were 3.1 miles from Oakland Junior High School. And my dad said, this isn't right. It's not fair. I'm going to go down and talk at the school board meeting. He talked, did not sway them. School starts. He refuses to pay for three boys to ride the bus. So we walked 3.1 miles. For us, for a while, it was like an adventure. Right. It was like, oh, because we kind of knew the streets. And then we knew there were some shortcuts through some fields right. and whatnot. And we just experimented because parents at that point weren't freaked out that someone was going to take you and kidnap you yeah. and kill you. So there's three guys just wandering yeah. around after school. I had some really, really good times walking to and from school. Our children went to public school. They rode the bus. There were times where... Courtney had negotiated with Olivia about, well, we'll, you ride the bus in the morning, we'll pick you up in the afternoon. And I remember those first couple of times sitting there and looking at that line, and I went, when did this happen? Because 20 years had passed since I graduated. Watching it now, but it's obviously accelerated. So as behaviorists and a sociologist, the question keeps running through my mind, when did this happen and why? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know the answer. I haven't researched it. I don't interview parents and go, Tell me why you're willing to sit in line for 45 minutes, five days a week to pick your kid up. That sounds insensitive, Kevin. Like, you don't care about the kids. You don't. You're, it you could know, be insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Listener, if you I think it's insensitive, please feel free to comment. I'm just telling you, this is my guttural reaction when I see it. Like, uh, I think part of it with me, too, is thinking about how things are so much different for about situations that they experience being so much different than what I feel they should be or what I experienced. And it's not because I think we've gone soft. It's not because I think we're coddling the kids. In some ways, I think it's because kids, we were a little tighter than my parents were, but I still let our kids have the freedom because we knew a lot of the neighborhood kids, trusted the neighborhood kids. We had great neighbors. We live on a Mm cul-de-sac and I still let them have a little bit of freedom and to be, and there were moments when I may not know exactly where they were, but they weren't very far. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When I was growing up, my parents parents didn't know where any of us were. Yeah, we were that way. Yeah, so I'm going to give you two examples that I'm aware of, of what parents have done, how they've behaved, that when I heard about it, I thought it was so foreign. One of them was uh, an adult child, married, 
His mother was freaking out one night because she had low-jacked his cell phone. He lived in the Kansas City area. And she said, oh, my God, I think he's in the hospital. I'm looking at his GPS on his phone, and they're at the hospital. I got to find out what's going on. Turns out he wasn't. They had parked near a hospital to go eat somewhere. But the part that caught me off guard was, this dude's 26 years old and married. Right. right. Why in the hell are you low-jacking his phone? Does he know it? Right. That would have been so foreign to my generation. Now that I think through what I'm saying here, my guess is she paid for his phone bill. Could be. So just said, I pay him for the phone. I'm going to low jack. Right. Okay. So that's one example that struck me as odd. They say adult married child in his 20s. Right. She's in her 50s. She's still tracking his movements. Other example, a woman I knew married, two kids, both boys, four years apart. When they were seven to 11, somewhere in that era she would not let them ride their bikes outside if she wasn't sitting on the front porch mm. and i was like why because i just told you we walked home from school right. now, we weren't 11 years old but we weren't much older than that and i'm like why would you not let them ride their bikes that's what boys do they get out and ride their bike and i think the part that upset me the most about it is the way she explained it to them why they couldn't she said to them children who do not have the mental capacity to process this comment she said to you i'm afraid someone's gonna take you what parent says that to a nine-year-old well what parent would say now i lay me down to sleep i pray my lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul you'll take so i heard that and i I thought what is wrong with your brain even if you think that don't tell a nine-year-old that you can't ride your bike because i'm afraid someone's gonna take you Mm -hmm. Where did this come from? I just don't understand it. Do you know the song Mother by Pink Floyd? Listener, if you're familiar with the lyrics, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're not familiar with the lyrics, pull it up on your device and check it out. But it's what I just explained that this mother did to her children where they say, she's going to put all her fears into you. Why do we keep doing that? That song came out in 1980, by the way. So this is not a new phenomenon about parents dumping all their into their kids. Then they wonder why their kids are up. Yeah. Why are we so afraid to let our children develop coping techniques to things that suck? I have no idea. We think we're helping. We I know think that. we're helping. And in honesty, we're making things more difficult for them. That's the way I've always viewed it. Now, I'm not going to go out and intentionally create environments that my kids are going to feel pain, physical pain. Right mental anguish. I'm not doing that intentionally, but when they happen, we need to come alongside them as their parents help them develop these skill sets. We're eliminating natural consequences because we think it's going to be helpful when the most helpful thing we can do is teach consequences. And I think that's just to bring faith back into perspective. I think that's a biblical way to do it. God set things. I mean, God in our relationship with God, he can eliminate consequences, but he generally, for the most part, chooses not to, not because he's mean, not because he's not good, but it's part of a process in which to find something valuable in experiencing extreme situations. If not at the time, we realize it later. What makes this a hot topic and a topic of tension for many people to discuss is because you land in one of these places and people criticize it, or you don't land in one of these places and you can be criticized for that too. But helicopter parenting is a big deal. I think you and I talked about that a long time ago. Did I tell you I heard a phrase last week I had never heard before called a lawnmower parent? You didn't mention that. Uh, One of my nieces called me. And we were talking, she's a teacher in St. Louis. And she said, yeah, the, the lawnmower parents are really hard to deal with. And I said, whoa, hold on. I'm not familiar with that term. What's a lawnmower parent? 
she said, well, you know, they get out in front and they try to clear the path for the child. So there's no obstacles for them to overcome. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah, wild. I get it. Cause oh, I've, yeah. I've seen that. Right. Yeah. The old phrase is prepare the child for the road. They're preparing the road for the child. Some people use the uh, biblical scripture. So we'll get into a little bit of faith here. Some people Perfect. use Proverbs 22, six that says train a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not part from it. I hear people interpreting and applying that scripture as this. I won't even explain it. It's exactly what you've just talked about. It's, it's the lawn mowing. It's the helicoptering. Mm-hmm. It's doing that. Whereas what I really believe, what it really means is, I think it's train a child in the way he should go, meaning we are supposed to know our kids in a way that they can feel known and be known. So whether it's vocationally, whether it's socially, whether it's interest or hobby, something about personality or something that we might think is bizarre, we allow them to be the children that God has created them to be. Then we recognize as they are being raised, some of that is teaching and some of that is letting them letting them carve their path. And when we recognize that's the path that they're supposed to go on, get out of the way. Yeah. Don't try to fight it. Yeah. Do we ever talk about a book I have in my, my library called uh, Gardener or the Carpenter? No. It's written by a, a lady who is a child psychiatrist, and she uses those two occupations as parenting styles, gives analogies. Right. Where we're at, in her opinion, and what I have observed personally, is we have a lot more carpenter parents than we do gardener parents. And the carpenter is building that child in a certain exactly. model. Exactly. And the gardener says, okay, I'm going to work on the environment that the child is in right. and let them flourish to become what they will become. I don't, even, you know, I don't even think she was coming at it from a spiritual perspective. I think she was just, this is her field of expertise and she's seen it both ways. And she would argue that the gardener is a better way to raise children than the gardener. Right. Faith finances and F-bombs has now become a parenting. <laughs> well, uh, this is the parenting podcast. Right. Our we, 20th we, episode. Yes. <laughs> 20th episode is parenting. parenting. Yes. All right. You want to do a, you want to do a quiz? Yeah. Yeah. Now here's one 1980s trivia. You want to do that? I lived through that. I lived through it. Let's try it. You want to see how well we do? Yeah. We've got categories under that category. So we can do 1980s time capsule. That's a time quiz. What if it never happened? The magnificent 80s. I was there. Do you remember 1982? That would just be about 1982. Yeah. That's my graduating year. Let's try that one. Okay. Humor me. Let's start the quiz. Okay. These are multiple choice. Woohoo. All right. Question one. Which islands did Argentina and Britain go to war over in 1982? Falklands. Color Purple was published in 1982. Who is the author? I know. Oh, shoot. Uh, I do not know. I know it's female. It's Alice Walker. Alice Walker, thank you. And she was the first choice. Stephen King was a choice. So was, huh. John, so was John Grisham. Did John write anything in the 1980? Uh, ladies, I think. The Firm? Did The Firm come out before? The Firm was his first, and I heard about it and read it in like 92 or 93. Okay, which USA national newspaper made its first appearance in 1982. That is easy. I'd say USA Today. Yeah. Well, we don't even need multiple choice. No. Who defeated West Germany to win the Soccer World Cup in 1982? I don't care about soccer now, and I sure didn't care about it in 1982. Brazil, Australia, England, or Italy? You mentioned 80. Brazil? 
Yeah, I did mention Brazil. That was Pele, right? 1982. I was about to say 1982. Pele was playing in 1982. I'm going to go Brazil because I don't know. It's not Brazil. It's I'm going to go with not Italy. Australia. England or Italy? Let's Italy. Go, let's go with Italy. Okay, which of these movies was not released in 1982? E.T., Ordinary People, Gandhi, or Tootsie? If I had to guess, I'd say Tootsie. Ordinary People I know was 1982. Yeah, because it was depressing. I have that novel. It's one of my favorite novels and movies. It's still depressing. I'm, I'm going to stick with Tootsie, but I have no idea why I'm doing it. You know, that. E.T. might have been later than 82. I can't remember. I, I picked E.T. I think Tootsie was 82. Okay. Ordinary, Ordinary people. people. Ordinary People was released in 1980. Uh, Madonna's first single was released in 1982. What was it? Into the Groove, Like a Virgin, Everybody... Material girl. Wasn't a Madonna fan then, still not. I'm gonna have to just guess. I don't think it was the two big ones, Material Girl and Like a Virgin. I think they were later. And I don't know the other two songs well, Ma- again. Uh everybody and Into the Groove. Into the Groove was later. And I'll go with everybody. I don't know. I don't I can't think of everybody. I can't think of what that tune is. I'm thinking it's like a virgin. Might be. I didn't listen to her. I'm thinking it's like a virgin was her first single but I cannot think of if I could think of everybody sorry I can't I might guess it there's a listener who knows oh absolutely and it's driving that listener crazy that we're having this discussion I picked like a virgin I should have listened to you Kevin everybody was Madonna's first single that was just luck of the draw yeah who was the world's top female tennis player in 1982? Martina Nat- Navratilova. I can't even. I Navratilova. can't say it. I could always say it before until now. Martina Navratilova. Nat- I still can't. Martina's good enough. Okay. Chris Everett. <sighs> Billie Jean King. <clears throat> Yvonne Gulagong. Oh, my God. I forgot all about her. I she got married it, and hyphenated her name. She was at Vaughn Gulagon Collie. Oh, really? Yeah, but that um, was probably after her pinnacle of success. I know Billie Jean King was Dude, pretty... She was... No. No? Not 1982. Not she was past her prime. Her and Bobby Riggs did the thing in the 70s. Okay. Then it would have to be... But Billie Jean King was still playing in 82. She wasn't the top player. Okay. It was the world's top female. It's either Chris Everett or Martina. I'd say Chris Everett. And I don't know, so I'll take Martina. Martina Navratilova. She went on to win 158 championships by 1990. That she, probably includes her doubles. Uh, it it might. She, she dominated in doubles. In 1982, who released the album Thriller? <laughs> we don't need multiple choice on that one. Right. Just click Michael's name. Mike, Michael Jackson. Diet Coke was first made available in 1982. True or false? No idea. I'm going to say... It sounds true. true. Which country's population passed the 1 billion mark in 1982? India, China, Mexico, or Brazil? 1 billion. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with China. Okay, I will agree with you. So we got 8 out of 10. We missed ordinary people. And uh, we missed Madonna's first single. Oh, got it.
But I cannot think, I have no idea how, I don't know how, I don't know what every, I can't even think of everybody. I don't even know what that, what that, I have no idea what that song is. Yeah. I'm sure I, I'm sure the second I hear it, I'll be like, okay, yeah. Then again, it was her first, that was her first single. Maybe I didn't really hear it. Maybe not. Maybe I didn't Might not have played on the radio stations in a little Midwest town. <laughs> Who is still recovering from the Bluegrass Festival? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> 1976 could be, or whatever it was you could be very right 1974 Four. you could be very right oh 1974 so next year we'll have the 50th yeah, anniversary of the bluegrass and the 40th anniversary of uh no 30 is the 30th of oj yeah yeah hello listener it's me hartley hey listen it's summertime or at least it is in this podcast in which this fake ad is being embedded into And so hopefully you're listening to it at some point in which this fake ad was embedded into this real episode of a real podcast that has been published in the summertime. And I'm here to just take a few seconds to say, don't wait any longer for your taste of summer. Mid-Missouri's legendary burgers now does delivery made fresh to order and stacked with all of your favorite toppings. Get that tender Chuck Interior taste delivered straight to your door. And why not pair it with a side of fries or more? No fuss, no muss, just your classic can't-go-wrong burger cooked to medium-rare perfection. What? Medium-rare? Well, that's how I have my burgers cooked. What about you? Hey, listen, don't freak out on me. It's not like the burger comes in a bun with a bell on it. Uh, that's a great way, great tasting burger. At least that's the way I like it. And don't you dare order that thing well done. You don't want to give me an F-bomb to talk about, and it happens to be the way you have your hamburger cooked, huh? So as I was saying, that classic can't-go-wrong burger cooked to medium-rare perfection can only be found at Mid-Missouri's Burgers, and they come to you. That's Burgers, now doing delivery. Call or find them online today at com. Listener, during the commercial break, we took a listen to uh, Everybody by Madonna, and it did nothing for either one of us. Neither Kevin, one of us recognized Kevin it. was not a, you weren't a Madonna fan. You didn't listen to Madonna, did you? Because you were past that. I was of the age where everything was hit by Madonna. Yeah. I mean, I was part of that target audience. Yeah, and I never had MTV. Uh, so when that's craze hit, uh, I didn't have MTV, so yeah, it wasn't like I was watching music videos of scantily clad women. Do you know what year nineteen? Do you do you know what year MTV began? Uh, if I had to guess, eighty three, eighty two. Damn it, nineteen eighty two. I'm gonna say this because I'm wrong, but I'm also right. In my town, on our cable television, we had it in nineteen eighty two, so it debuted in certain markets. They had ads of saying, "If you don't get MTV, let your cable company know, and they can add it." Okay. So MTV debuted just after midnight on August 1st, 1981. Wow. I guess we need to ask our listeners to contact us, reach out. Yeah, keep the comments coming. Those yeah. are encouraging. It's yes, they know, are. Know someone's yeah, to know someone cares. Yeah, yeah, to know that when one or two drops off, I. someone else someone else comes in. It's not you and that I was a very nice Tuesday that was, afternoons. Yeah, yeah, that was a very nice very nice compliment of Jeremy to yeah. uh, say that we had good good chemistry. Awesome. Because I didn't know. I thought maybe uh, I thought maybe we no, weren't, weren't getting along very some well. Some of our other listeners have said that too. Yeah. Well, that's to good. me. Yeah. They haven't texted in, but said right. it to my face. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah, it's fun. 
Yeah. All right. Let's just keep doing what we're doing until we do differently. We will. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.